I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Dobrý večer and welcome to the Bohemian podcast with Pete Coleman and Travis Dole. Dobrý večer from Prague and welcome to another destination episode on the Bohemian podcast. I'm your host Pete Coleman. And I'm Travis Dole of the History of Alchemy podcast. Tonight's destination takes us to Karlstein Castle and its surrounding area. If you visit the capital city of Prague, there's a very strong chance that you'll make a short bus ride or a train trip to this epic castle just 30 kilometers to the southwest of the city of Prague. Karlstein's history is very rich with the fingerprints of the Holy Roman Emperor Charles IV. They're everywhere at this castle complex. Founded in 1348, this Gothic castle is larger than you think it would be. The photographs and paintings of this epic castle do not do it justice as it dominates the hilly terrain. However, as you approach the small village of Karlstein, you will not see it from the roadways or the train. The surrounding hills mask this complex quite well until you turn away from the river and walk up the valley. As you pass along the shops and trinkets and the restaurants that dot along this valley road, there you will see her in all her gothic glory, Karlstein Castle. Karlstein Castle may stand as the most well-known castle in all of Central Europe. When you see it in person, you will know why. Um, the, con- the construction of the castle was slow and deliberate, but was later hurried to help house the treasuries of Christendom acquired by the emperor. So we're talking like Charles IV, right? Right, the big, absolutely, Mid- mid-14th century. I know we've mentioned him a lot, but this guy... You know, in Prague, everything is like Charles University, Charles, and Karlstein is like, you know, Charles Castle, kind of, Charles Bridge. Charles Bridge, right. Um, so, yeah, so he, he personally supervised the construction works and interior decoration. And a little known fact is that the emperor hired Palestinian labor for the remaining work. Construction was finished nearly 20 years later in 1365, when the heart of the treasury, the Chapel of the Holy Cross situated in the Great Tower, was consecrated. If you, if you take the tour, if you go through it, one thing that really sticks out is the, and you can see it as you walk up that hill like you were mentioning, is that the, the tower in the center is kind of like the redoubt. It's almost like a castle in a castle. And if you're walking through the outer courts and the, the rooms around, you know, around that big tower, like if you're looking out a window, you'll see it's a medieval, or, you know, medieval castle like the walls are, I don't know, three, four feet thick. And they're following the, along the ridge of the hillside as well. Yeah, and right? it, yeah, it's all with built into the train. But in that redoubt, in the, in, the center, in the center tower, you'll see the walls are like, I don't know, six, eight feet thick. It's just massive. This, this, this castle was built, and Charles IV really, as we said, managed this personally because he, yeah, he made sure that this was going to be hard to get to as it is yeah, today it's kind of yeah. hard to see hard to get to today yeah but even without the roads it would have been about a full day trip to go 30 kilometers from the city of prague to 
to the to and, Kralstein. But and now it's by, kind by of horse-drawn like, cart, right? Yeah. Now you mentioned by train. It's it's almost they have the local the local train goes there. It's basically a suburb of Prague, so it's like really quick from the main train station. It's yeah, you, you you can't miss it. And then it's from the train station. It's walking distance, so it's a nice walk, kind of not too far from the river. Yeah, but back in the 1300s, this would have been yeah, considered the boonies. Totally different. And yeah. uh, it's on a, on a hilly precipice, and on top of this, it is a very wooded fact, area. There, there's a bike trail that goes there because it's on the river or near right? the river, so yeah. you can. It's like almost flat riding all the way there. Oh, it's, and we'll get to this later in the Which podcast about, about... That's beyond me, but... Well, yeah, <laughs> about the, the, the recreational activities you can do in this region. Oh, okay. Uh, there's a river that goes right by this as well, but it really was uh, impregnable. Like you said, the, the, the idea was to make this castle stand for the test of time because it was going to house some of the best yeah. relics in Christendom. Yeah, like the, the, the Czech crown jewels were there, which are now in the Prague castle. But imagine if you had like siege weapons and everything, you know, so you're, you're scaling the walls, you, you might have battering rams, whatever. Okay, so you scale the first walls, then there's still the redoubt, which is twice as thick, and you can't get your siege weapons, you know, over the rubble. And so it, it's, it's well, pretty it, cleverly and, and that's a great transition to, to saying this, Travis, because later, in the later years, you would see this castle under attack several times. Oh, yeah. Following the outbreak of the Hussite Wars, the Imperial Regalia, was evacuated in 1421 and brought via to Hungary to, uh, to Nuremberg. Uh, in 1422, during the siege of the castle, Hussite attackers used biological warfare. Now get this, when Prince Sigmund Corbett used catapults to throw dead bodies. They weren't plague infested, by the way. Yeah. Uh, but they were dead bodies that were catapulted uh, over the walls. And some 2,000 carriage loads of dung... <laughs> Uh, was also That's thrown nice. over the wall Pleasant. as well, yeah. Man, uh, apparently managing to spread infection among the defenders. So um, yeah, that's probably your best bet because yeah. you're not gonna you're not gonna break the walls. And of this that happened without. in France uh, quite a bit. Um, oh yeah, you know, with it, infected bodies during the plague, catapulting them on over. Could you imagine the psychological war, war, you know, warfare yeah. as well as the infectious diseases that would come with that? Uh, would be pretty pretty uh, intense. Uh, later, the Bohemian crown jewels were moved to the ca uh, moved to the castle and later kept there for almost two centuries, uh, with some short breaks in between. Several reconstruction efforts helped to shape the design that we see today. For instance, Travis. Yeah, I was going to mention the, the Thirty Years' War. Um, just when you mentioned the biological warfare, because yeah. that's what comes to mind. But yeah. but in the Thirty Years' War, in, so in 1619, the coronation jewels and the archive were brought to Prague. That's one of the, the breaks where the crown jewels weren't kept. And in 1620, the castle was turned over to Ferdinand II, Holy Roman Emperor. And after having been conquered in 1648 by the Swedes, it fell in disrepair. And then finally, a neo-Gothic reconstruction was carried out by Josef Mocker between 1887 and 1899, which is what we see today, basically. It's, it's that final neo-Gothic reconstruction. Looking at this, when you when you look at the castle, from different angles, you have a, a really good idea to see that the castle itself is on several different levels on the top of this this hillside. Uh, but, you know, one thing a lot of people do is that they, they hire these hot air balloon rides that you can actually take in this valley area so you can get a wonderful that view of that. That would be cool. I yeah. kind of want to get that one of these days, too, because you're going to see the whole, the whole complex. But maybe, Travis, you can tell us a little bit more about the core of the castle. Yeah, so the, the, the core basically consisted of, like, like you said, a couple of different layers and, and different parts. So there's, there's like three main parts placed on these different levels. And it's basically terraces built into the hill. It kind of complements the hill. I mean, it, it definitely goes with the terrain. And every level has a kind of different importance. So the, the lowest terrace, there was the Imperial Palace, or, or 
Cesarsky Palace, and above it there was the Marian Tower, like Marianska Viege, and the big tower, Velka Viege, which stood the highest. That's kind of that redoubt we were, we were talking about. Well, you know, inside the complex, Travis, we can see a lot of the efforts by recent historians and curators. At some point, there was 20 year plus years of reconstruction where it wasn't open to the public, where they were putting these things together. So if you do get a chance to take a tour, you need to do it because you don't know when there might be another type of, of curating effort to try to make things a little bit more uh, uh, taken care of. Entirely unique is the original decoration of wall paintings dating back to the 14th century. A collection of 129 panel paintings by Master Theodoric in the, cha in the Chapel of the Holy Cross, which, by the way, is the world's largest of its kind. The largest portrait gallery of Czech rulers in the country is also exhibited here, as well as a replica of the crown of the Holy Roman Emperor and St. Wenceslaus' crown. Of course, these are replicas of the coronation crown of the Czech kings because the real ones are where, Travis? In Prague Castle. In Prague Castle. Yeah. Now, as an aside... I felt, like that, I felt like that was a quiz. That was a quiz. And you passed. <laughs> One thing I want to mention is there's a huge mural, of, and I love this. It's from Charles IV's time period, and it shows the Holy Roman Empire. And, of course, Charles IV had Prague as his capital. So you see this huge tract of land, which is basically all of Central Europe from northern Italy to the to the Baltic, to, you know, all of, all or most of Germany, um, going on into Austria, and Prague as its capital, and it, and it's like, man, Czech Republic never looked that good. I mean, it's, you this see, like, Brandenburg as a village, and, you know, <laughs> Berlin's, I don't think Berlin's even on the map, and, yeah. you know, there's, like, Augsburg and some things. Yeah, it's, it's just crazy seeing this huge part of, of Europe with Prague as the, marked as the capital, so it, it is really interesting for that part of history. But these, in this other room where they had these wooden panels, they're like, if, if I remember correctly, it's like maybe, let's say like 18 inches by 18 inches, like, uh, you know, 45 centimeters by 45 centimeters. And then of these wooden panels with, with wooden beams going between them. And that was kind of the level one insulation. And then they would either have tapestries covering those. And then obviously a fireplace, you know, there's a fireplace or, or a, a tile oven in, in all, all the rooms to, for heating. And so that would kind of keep things warm because, you know, wood and, and, the, and the textiles. And then if they didn't have tapestry, those panels would be painted a lot of the times in those beams. So all the rooms, like now you just see kind of a cold stone interior, but it would have been really colorful. Like yeah. you would have walked into a room and just been dazzled by just literally hundreds of wooden panel paintings and then you know even the beams had these uh like ornamentation and kind of these uh, like patterns and that kind of thing like you know going up the walls and, and even the ceilings and everything it just i mean it would it would have just blown your mind like every room you walk into you would have had to just stop and you know kind of take it all in for a second before you know you get used to the place and now it's just you know so it's i mean it must have really really been something I, well probably in the heyday it was i yeah. think that this this place karlstein was was a a retreat in the mid-14th century that the emperor needed. Uh, this castle was known for a place of quiet introspection and solemn religious reverence. This was a dictate, uh, a mandate, uh, so to speak, from, from Charles IV himself. It was not a place for extravagant celebrations. Emperor Charles IV designed this castle to be fortified to protect these Holy Roman Empire relics, sacred artifacts, and treasures. So therefore, there had to be kind of a gravitas 
to this place and yeah. a respect. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll kind of get into the legends that kind of spring from that, this, this reverence as well. Uh, some of these treasures include a wood from the cross of Christ. There's also was a spear of Longinus, my personal favorite artifact, which is also known as the Spear of Destiny. We'll get to that in a moment. The royal crown and orb of Bohemia and other holy relics were housed here. So uh, it was a very, very important place. Now, some of these relics and treasures can be viewed not only in Prague Castle, but in several museums in Vienna, Austria. Uh, and that includes the Spear of Longinus. That's actually down in Austria. Mm-hmm. All right, so we'll talk about that in a minute. But legends and lore of Kralstein are, are quite vast, Travis, and maybe you could walk us through some of those. Yeah, so there's there's one legend that's kind of neat. It's Kralstein Castle was intended only for the secular and spiritual needs of King Charles IV, like you said, right? So women were forbidden from entering, right, because of, you know, it's it's this kind of spiritual place like for Charles IV. Yeah, right? So another legend tells of a blind musician who used to play the lute accompanied by his faithful dog. The Prince of Brunswick was visiting once with a kind of a treacherous butler who wanted to poison the nobleman, and he passed him a goblet with poison, but the prince offered this to the blind lute player, you know, kind of to give him a, a five-minute break from his, from his lute playing. The faithful dog kind of sensed something was a was a foul, and so he didn't let his master drink from the goblet, and he jumped onto his lap and drank it himself. So the dog, the dog gave his life. You know, and Travis, let me add a couple things to, to what you just said about the legends. The legend about women being forbade to, to go into Karlstein, uh, it has a, has a subsection to a story to that 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 his wife Elizabeth of Charles IV found that to be ridiculous and wanted did not want to be separated uh, from him. So her and uh, some of uh, several women actually came to the gates of Karlstein and demanded entry, and eventually were let let in by Charles the Fourth. So uh, there, some of us need man caves, and I think <laughs> I think Charles the Fourth was just like any other dude. He needed a man cave. But woe the man who tells the empress no. I mean, woe. There you go. So I think uh, you know his wife spoke, and, and that was the end of that. But you know, one of my other favorite stories of uh, Emperor Charles the Fourth was the one time he tried to let's just say fix what he did wrong with one of the holy relics, which was the Spear of Longinus. Now, if you go to, to Vienna, and Travis, do you remember the name of the museum in Vienna that houses the, holy relics? It's the Schatzkammer. The Schatzkammer. Which the, means like treasury. Yeah, the Schatzkammer in Vienna um, is one of these big museum complexes downtown, and it is, it is wonderful. You can spend hours, if not days, in that place. And they have the actual Spear of Longinus that, uh, that, that Charles IV had. Now, the, the legend goes like this. Uh, the Roman soldier that used the spear to pierce uh, Christ's side after the crucifixion that allowed just water to come out of the wound, not blood, but water, made a transformation to this Roman soldier, and he actually took the, the Christ-like view of becoming Christian, and uh, his name was Longinus, and uh, he dedicated his life to poverty and, and uh, Christendom from this. That spear was said to actually have powers. Now, some of these occult ideas was that people would, much like the, the, the Ark of the Covenant, would take the Spear of Longinus and you couldn't be defeated in battle. Uh-huh. All right? yeah. Hitler even believed this. And he actually, one of his reasons for going and pushing towards to Vienna, among other reasons, was that he wanted the Spear of Longinus. All right? So kind of a neat story in that sense from, from World War II. Well, let's go back to the 14th century. Here's Charles IV. He knows these legends. He wants this for his collection. So if you can imagine, he's sitting there on his throne, on his throne in, in, in Karlstein Castle, and he's going, I wonder, I wonder if I, could just, if I could just see what's kind of holding this thing together, and he broke it. He broke the spear, all right? So 
That's yeah, good luck. So you're the Holy Roman Emperor. No one's really going to say, dude, what did you do? <laughs> right? So he's going to like, all right. You probably get people together saying, all right, we got to fix this thing because now I got two pieces here. And so what he did is he got gold leaf because it was that important and that precious. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. And he had people pound it together, wrap it around, and then he put wire around it because it wasn't really sticking together. So he's got this pretty much mess in his hands, <laughs> right? And no one's going to say, dude, what'd you do? <laughs> He's, they're going to say, good job, Emperor, good job. It stop, looks fine. Stop playing with the relics, <laughs> right? Chuck. So if you, go, if you go down to Vienna and you see this thing, it looks like somebody that tried to do some kind of home improvement the wrong way. It's got like Elmer's glue it's on it. It's pretty bad. <laughs> it's, it's pretty bad. Um, but there's a story behind it. So keep that in your mind if you ever go to Vienna to see this thing. But it was housed uh, in Karlstein Castle for, for many, many years uh, before it was moved on out. So, again, one of my favorite stories with that. Uh, Travis, you mentioned biking and hiking and all those kind of wonderful things. This is a really neat area. It's got some flat roads. It's got some some great bike paths, um, and it also has some hilly terrain if you really want to take yeah, to th it. There's there's a nice bike path that goes all the way down the river, and there's plenty of like beer gardens and that kind of thing along the way. So, and chef tradition, it's stop not, and drink some beer, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's not too far, and it's and it is flat because it follows the river. So yeah, it's definitely it's definitely doable. One of the things that I did this uh, this past weekend when I went to, to Karlstein with the kids, I, I uh, also stopped by uh, something called the Czech Grand Canyon. It's not yeah, big I've like the Grand been Canyon. There. I know yeah. it's right there. Velky yeah. America uh, is what it's called, which means uh, large uh, large America. Is a giant limestone quarry. limestone quarry, and yeah. right next to it, connected by a tunnel, is is Mala. Uh, America, which means smaller America, and there's another quarry there that is called Little Mexico. And uh, I, well, if we can, we'll go to we'll, we'll go to, we'll go to what I did out there with the kids this weekend. Okay, we're out here in near Velka America, which is on the way to Carl, the famous Karlstein Castle. And uh, there's a lot of people out here today on a very spring, uh, beautiful day here in uh, outside of Prague in the Czech Republic. Uh, the overlook that we're looking at right now, along with a lot of other hikers and, and uh, bicyclists, is uh, called Velka America. In the first half of the 20th century, this limestone quarry got deeper and deeper. And about a kilometer, and yeah, about a kilometer away from here, there's something called Mala America, which is the small, smaller quarry. Uh, they, they are both connected by tunnels uh, at one point in the early 20th century, but you will have to hike uh, from one place to the other, from Velka to Mala, to be able to see the two different quarries. What's neat about the quarry system here uh, is that it has a re remarkable resemblance to the uh, southwest of the United States, and that's why it's named uh, America. Velka America is, is big America in Mala. Uh, America would be small America, of course. So when you look at it, they also call this the, uh, the Czech Grand Canyon. This is the reason why a lot of filmmakers in Czech Republic, when they were making those old, uh, what we would call spaghetti westerns uh, in, in the 1950s and 60s, used this as a backdrop. So it was a really neat deal. It's about 800 meters uh, long in, Vel in Velka America and uh, about uh, 200, 200 meters wide, about 80 meters deep from, from the top where this overlook is that goes down to the bottom. Now, there's a lake that uh, they say is about 18 meters deep. And that uh, is, is what helps kind of make this kind of a very unique place to, to walk and look at and, and, and take a peek in. I don't believe it is a working limestone pit anymore. However, it is roped off. There are several pits around here. It is a very popular stop destination for a lot of hikers and, and bikers. 
as they make their way to uh, the very famous Karlstein Castle. Uh, beautiful day out here. We recommend you come out and take a look at this if you're up to uh, walking through the, the area, and especially if you're taking in Karlstein Castle for the day. Okay, so, you know, it was a beautiful spring day this weekend, and kids had a great time hiking through the canyon, and it was it was kind of interesting to kind of see this through their eyes. Uh, a lot of the old movies from the 1950s that dealt with cowboy westerns, those type of things, they filmed this as a backdrop. One of the movies, Czech movies, was called Lemonade Joe, was, uh, was shot here as well, because it looks like the American Southwest. It really, really does. But as a, as a sadder side note, and, and quite a bit more important than just the filming rights that we're talking about and the, the beauty of, of what's out there in this limestone quarry, was that th there were political prisoners from the communist state days that dug a lot of these quarries out, especially uh, the one that was considered Little Mexico. When we say prisoners, we're not talking about the average common crook or criminal. Yeah, these these like political were political prisoner, prisoners yeah. that meant that they were religious priests, they were Catholic priests, they were artists, they were teachers, they were scientists. Anybody that did not fit the norm for the communist thought process, they were sentenced to torture. Some of the time sentenced to torture. Some of these guys were tortured for a year before they were made to go in and dig these quarries. So you can imagine they're already weary from the torture yeah. and uh, beat down. So a lot of them died of exhaustion right there on the spot. And you will go and you'll see this monument, but it's a stone door. Eh, it's about six feet tall, seven feet tall or so. And at the, at the very top of it, you'll see a, a window with a cross, that, of course, made all of rock, and it kind of looks out at the canyon. It's kind of a freestanding door, so it really kind of stands out there. But it's to, it's to the memory of the prisoners that died that could not really take up the amount of rock that was, was required per day by, by their overseers. Dark times in the in the 50s and 60s, especially when political prisoners were really put to the test, digging out mines or limestone quarries or digging out for uh, uranium in some places in the Czech Republic. That happened quite a bit. Yeah, the uranium mines are another notorious it's one. Yes, another notorious one. So, so well, it's, it's always good to end a podcast on a positive Yeah, sorry note. about that, folks. But <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, the, the, I think there's a lot to see with nature there. Of course, there's, there's a lot of um, uh, wildlife in this area. And then, of course, right down the road, you have Carlstein Castle. So that's we kind of giving you a really great day trip to do, to break away from Prague, from the city during the hot summer months, and kind of go out there and, and see Carlstein Castle, go see Velky America, Mala America, Little Mexico, you know, hike out there and, and uh, you know, have a great day before you take the train or bus back to Prague uh, to continue your, your vacation plans. Are you, are you doing a destination episode on Barone? Yeah, we'll, we'll be doing several, Because that's, that's like one train stop further. It's one and over. it's yeah. like another medieval town with a cute little town square and it's all on, that it's stuff. It's on my list this summer. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, so like we're going to bring you a lot a lot of these destination episodes this summer. Uh, I've already got a list, especially on the eastern side of this country in what we call Mor Moravia. All right. So we want to thank you so much for listening to this this uh, edition of the Bohemian Podcast. We'll be back again with some more interesting Notes on living in the Czech Republic, traditions, and the history of this wonderful nation. So thanks and have a great night. Yep, thanks. Bye. You have been listening to the Bohemican Podcast with Pete Coleman and Travis Doe. Visit bohemican.com for more information on this episode, other episodes, and much more information about history, traditions, and culture in the Czech Republic. Find us on iTunes, subscribe, and review, and don't forget to rate us. We would love to hear from you. Send comments, ideas, and corrections on our comments page on bohemican.com or get in touch via Facebook or Twitter. Tune in to our sister podcast, History of Alchemy, which is also on iTunes or on historyofalchemy.com. Until next time on the Bohemican Podcast, thank you for listening.